Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. This week on the podcast, we talk about the final frontier. As we look at how even the space we worship in says a lot about what we believe. So we hope you'll sit back and relax and enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey Michael, how are you doing this week? Doing all right, Nate. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful on this rainy Friday here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. We are getting um, the depressions, tropical depressions, not the other kind of depressions from Florence, I think. And so it's supposed to rain all day. All right. Well, I understand what you mean. The uh, We're receiving the same kind of thing here in San Marcos. We got all kinds of wet weather. It rained all over San Antonio. Which is okay for me because my uh, if I, when I went out and looked beside at the foundation of my house, it hadn't rained in so long uh, that it was beginning to separate from the, the the dirt. So there was a gap between the dirt and the foundation of my house. So I was like having to put a soaker hose on it, but we only we could only water on one day a week, and ours was Mondays, and so it wasn't getting the job done. So we needed some serious. <laughs> Some serious rainfall, and we got it. And so uh, I thank God for the rain. It reminds me of my. Yeah. I used to pastor in Orange, Texas, and one time I thanked God for the rain in one of my prayers. And a parishioner met me at the back of the door, and he said, "That's funny. We could tell you're from West Texas because you thanked God for rain." We That's right. We don't really thank God for the rain in in Orange anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I can understand that. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, I can relate to your foundation issue. We used to live in Fort Worth and that Texas clay, man, if it doesn't get watered oh. enough, I, I saw the same thing, that separation starting to happen and then uh-huh. you get shifting and then oh. you get lots of money invested. Yeah. yeah in as repairs. a homeowner, you start, you start getting nervous about those things. You're like, Lord, send the rain. And you got a whole lot more reasons for sending the rain. You know, our land needs healing. Please. My, my yard is cracking. I actually had gaps, like literal, I would walk out and underneath the grass, you could see where the ground was cracking. So yeah, it was kind of a... Yeah. Well, I have a couple in my church that they are, um, they have green thumbs and they like to do flowers and stuff. They're always praying for rain. So every time it rains a lot, I'm like, well, I guess I can blame Michael and Karen for this one because they, (laughs) (laughs) their their prayers are working. They ask the Lord for it. Yeah. So... We were going to jump into a little bit this week about some of the strangest uh, buildings, like building <laughs> setups that you've seen in the church. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. My, so, first, my first church uh, that, you know, uh, was in Snyder, Texas. And um, cra- it was just a little shotgun, you know, building. And the, the, the door was on the middle of the building and you walked in through the foyer and then you walked past the bathrooms into the sanctuary or you walked to the back and there were Sunday school and an office space. And um, 
And so you, as you walked into the sanctuary, immediately behind the sanctuary, right there in that hallway, were the access to the restrooms. But it was a, it was a little bitty church, and uh, so people would get up to leave the sanctuary, go to the restroom, and you could hear them, you know, shut the door. You could hear everything. It's thin walls. <laughs> you could hear, you could hear the toilet flush, you know. And so um, it was just that's never good. <laughs> it was. A, <laughs> It was a crazy situation, and sometimes it was it was laughable, you know, some of the sounds you were hearing. And I'm making a point in a, in the sermon, or somebody that's right, somebody's leading us in worship at that point, or there's a prayer going on, and I'm thinking, oh Lord, you know. So part of our liturgy became, you know, you we had to create a rhythm so people would learn when you know when is not a good time, like the worst times to go to the restroom. If you have to go right now. Don't because right. yeah. everybody's gonna your flush is gonna be in time with the with the prayer with the amen. We we just can't. That's have right. That. So that's right. All <laughs> creation is praising the Lord, even the toilets. <laughs> the toilets. It reminds me of the story I told at the called conference about being in Costa Rica, and I think some of our listeners actually thought that we needed to rate that one like PG thirteen instead <laughs> of just, just PG. Yeah. So I've got um, some feedback on on. Nate's gross story so yeah well Nate if you know Nate and you do but once people (laughs) kind of get to know me they realize that my life is pretty much an open book for the most part I mean I I, have no secrets I'm sure I have some secrets but but yeah I don't mind sharing my life with people and sometimes that's good and sometimes it's uh yeah a little more than they want to know yeah yeah. I get the overshare I, I get yeah. somebody. I get the TMI from time to time. That uh, that that little church, though, what yeah. that taught me uh, with that crazy with that crazy situation um, was was that we can be uh, feel exposed. We can feel naked, even yeah. in, you know, <laughs> in those situations. And and so I I started thinking about how music and church music and what the music what the musician. That was hard for me to say. Musician does for the. Uh, it's like a magician. No, it is. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure all musicians work, wanna, you want to say, yeah, musician. They work that magic <laughs> on the on the keys and on the strings. So, I uh, I, I struggled with you know uh, how how do we how do we kind of clothe people, and you know music is this wonderful way that that we that we clothe people. Um, and I even use that language, and I think it makes some of my folks nervous, because especially some of my musicians, I'll just say, um, you know, we're feeling a bit naked here. Could you just clothe us in some music? And uh, and and so, but that I learned that because I just remember feeling very naked, uh, you know, when there's no music. It's like my kids get in the car and they're like, "Dad, can you turn on the radio?" You know, or right. that that song, yeah. Twenty One Pilots. Somebody stole my car radio, and now I just sit in silence. In the sit silence, in silence. silence. You know, yeah. and, and so uh, that's a good line. Silence is violence because <laughs> you do you feel exposed. I've been trying to live into that silence a little more, and uh, I think the reason why we run from it is exactly that. There we are. You know, we know God is with us, and we know sometimes that's a great comfort, and sometimes we know that that means God is visibly seeing all the things that we dislike about ourselves. Well, I, speaking of naked and exposed, I was in a building once where they had just. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is not going to be too oh, okay. TMI. All right. Just, I sorry. was, 
I was in a building once where they had just built this brand new building in one of my churches. And, you know, architecture is a beautiful thing and these people get paid well to do what they do, but sometimes they miss like the most basic things. So this urinal was like right in line of sight from the door opening. So it was like they actually had to restructure after everything was built because as soon as you open that door, it was like, hello, there's a dude standing there. Yeah, you can't have that. (laughs) Especially not if there's going to be all age groups moving through the spaces, you know, that those are right. Yeah. You know, and as a pastor, you have, you think about these things because, Oh, you you have to, there's, if you have a bathroom that doesn't have a lock on the door, you got to have locks on all doors that, that, that people do private, you know, and then, and then, you know, uh, sometimes we, in the, in the name of privacy, we try to, Oh, we want all of our Sunday schools to, to be, you know, very private and whatnot. And, that just becomes dangerous too, and you you close off you close off spaces where bad things can happen. And I think uh, right, lately yeah. we've had a lot of news uh, media attention about how uh, we just haven't thought through how to use the space or how to build the space properly to to make everybody safe and it user friendly and you know especially keeping children safe. We've had to I can't I can't even count how many doors we've had to take off the hinges and cut a big square hole in them and fit a glass in because we should have thought of that before we before we put a, a solid wood door uh, and then we were going to you know put children behind that solid wood door we need you know right. have glass yeah. in those doors and so so yeah speaking of privacy have you ever heard my story about going to the bathroom in Henrietta and having locks on doors <laughs> no well i will spare you the gory details but i'll give you the simple version it's I I was preaching this event and I had gotten done and they were having their NY convention afterwards. And I, I, uh, decided I really needed to go to the restroom, but I wanted some privacy. So I went back to the very back of the church and, and the only thing going on at this point was an NYI service. So everybody else was in the sanctuary. So I'm back by the nursery and I get in this little bitty bathroom and the very short version of this is there's a lock but it's on the outside of the door. So I get in and I'm looking for the lock and in my hurriedness and in my rushness, I turn the lock on the door and then shut it behind me. And I realize as soon as I've done it that I have locked myself into the bathroom <laughs> and there's no one around because I was looking for in privacy. I only have two people's numbers in the big meeting. One of them is the guy that invited me to speak and he's on the stage running the meeting. And the other one is another guy who is not answering his phone. <laughs> and so after I get in and I'm locked in, I look up and there's one of those old, you remember on screen doors, how they had the little eyelet and the little hook that would go in it. Uh-huh. So oh. that's how you're supposed to lock the door, but I didn't see it. It was up higher. <laughs> but then my mind goes to this. They left the lock on the outside of the door intact. So if I'm a teenager in that church, anytime oh. I see that door closed, I'm going by and locking it lock because I'm going to lock in. somebody in there. <laughs> Whoever it is, doesn't matter. <laughs> They're not going to so, know who I was. I'm locking them in. Horrible building design. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That another one awesome. that we used to have in, in Hutchinson was they built the, the church in the shape of a cross, which... In theory, I mean, I get that. Sounds really good. And there are a lot of churches actually built in the shape of the cross. But the way they did the seating was, you know, there's a there's a middle section that goes the length of the long part of the cross. 
and then there's two side sections that both have seating. So if you sat on either side, the stage kind of came out into those. So you're looking straight across, you're looking at the preacher, but you're also looking at the people on the other side. So any, you know, if somebody gets up to go to the bathroom, if there's a kid squirming around, if somebody's picking their nose, you're sitting there looking at <laughs> it while you're trying to pay attention to the preacher. And right. great idea as far as the cross goes, uh, symbolism, not a great idea as far as practicality and worship. Yeah. <laughs> no, doesn't, doesn't make it easy. Uh, you know, uh, it's not just the sanctuaries where we mess up, you know, make it difficult. Because, uh, you know, there are there are lots of aspects to a church, and and some of them, you know, you can tell that it was an afterthought. Um, right. The, the yeah. church I grew up in, um, there was a there was an emergency stairwell because you had to have if it went in it went below ground, and so the gym was was halfway below the ground and halfway above the ground. So that the ceiling height or the roof height on the uh, above ground was the same, you know, the ceiling, the roof all outside the building was the same height. But the, oh, okay. But the floor, so the floor was sunk down so it could be a right. gymnasium. So the gym had height to it. Right. Yeah. So, and so um, I, uh, they had a, a emergency exit and it was up this metal staircase and it wasn't a beautiful metal staircase. It was this, you know, rusty staircase that needed a new paint job for most of my life. but uh, And it came out into the backyard of the church. Well, they gave me a key to uh, to let a Boy Scout troop that used our gym come into the building. And, uh, right. And they came in through that back door. They would park around back, and they would come in through that door, so I would have to unlock it. But I would go and I would unlock it for them, but there was no light switch by that so I had to traverse nice. the, the rusty metal staircase in the pitch black. You know, you would open the door, but it was never enough light to see down in the in the corner where this where this thing ended. Right. And, uh, and, and so, the worst kind of dark is a church at night. Dark. Oh, the worst. <laughs> yeah, there's. And so you'd have to. I'd have to. Tra- you know, come down the stairs and walk across this gymnasium where we had had parties. We had had. Uh, children's church we had had all kinds of things happen in that gym from week to week and so you never knew what obstacle you were going to face as you made your way to the far corner of it just to turn the light switch on but that was my job that was yeah it was like home alone every week (laughs) home alone you were the burglar i had to go (laughs) i had to go (laughs) let them in yeah it was crazy and so I, i did a lot of tripping over things and bumping of my shins and whatnot but that's good training for ministry. I do a lot of, <laughs> a lot of tripping over things and bumping my shins, and uh, yeah. usually it's how I learn. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. The the, you know, I, I often wonder whenever I uh, every church that I've ever I've been a part of, like there was one church that I grew up in. Well, I only grew up in one church, so it's the same church with the with the rusty staircase. Um, it had no windows in the sanctuary. And so the lighting was like control totally controllable, and so right, um, yeah, and and I and I think I know that they did that, you know, so that it so that it would that, be plus they that's were, how ours was too, yeah. Um, plus, I don't think they really had the money to put the windows in. I think it cost more to put the windows in, and so they thought, well, if we ever have it, we'll go back and add windows. And they, you know, right. you're never going to go back and add windows. But if you say you're going to go back and add it in a building project, just let me tell you, do it while you're building it. <laughs> 
So because there will never be the money yeah, to go back never, and edit. No, we're going to spend the money on something else. But it was. Uh, but every other church that I've been a part of, I have had to at some point cut cardboard, wrap it in black plastic trag trash bags, and and do window inserts to cover the windows so that we could black it out so that we could have our Christmas pageant or whatever it was that. You know. Oh yeah! Remember a uh, good old Camp Arrowhead, that whole tabernacle having to cover that thing. I think they finally closed it in, but they every year at camp, oh man, we, that was the first order of business to mm-hmm. black out the windows. I I spoke at an open air camp in South Arkansas, and that was also. I mean, it was great because it, it brought you right into the nature of the thing. Mm-hmm. But man. Every time a car drove into the camp, every time a dog <laughs> ran across the field. I mean, you're trying to keep teenagers' attention, and the Snoo Remedy van is driving off to town to go get food, you know, after they're <laughs> yes. done playing. You know, you got, oh, yeah. you got all these things that go on, and it's, it's, uh, it's very distracting. Every so. time. Every time I've ever tried to do an outdoor event with a youth group or a church, a train comes past. If oh, no, yeah. And, you know, well, people might say, well, just don't do it near a train track. Well, you know, you can't always help where your building is. but um, That's right. And you can't help where the parks are. And in, in some cities, the train is everywhere. Um, and, and Orange was like that. I felt like just there was always a train. We used and, to live by a train track in Fort Worth, and we got used to it at night. But the first night we were there, I was like, what in the world? <laughs> I can't do this. Yeah, but there have been times when I thought, I actually thought to myself, oh, man. There's not a highway. There's not a there's not a train track. This is going to be great. This is the best outdoor venue. It's going to be quiet the whole. And a helicopter flew over the top of us. Yeah, it, it just like okay, I give up. I, so I, I surrender. I grew up by Carswell Air Force Base, and I I lived by Tinker Air Force Base. So there was never. I mean, flight patterns. You hear uh, jets. And big bombers. I mean, they fly over you routinely, and you just get used to it. When I'm on the golf course, if people come visit, they're like, "How do you putt with this?" And I'm like, "Dude, I've been doing it since I was nine years old." Like, <laughs> I actually had a congreg. A conversation with a couple of young men um, from a church in San Antonio. Shout out to the Taylor brothers. Um, What's up, Taylor brothers? And um, we had a uh, a conversation, you know, about you know blacking out the windows. And and so there's there's more to this uh, than just you know building design and those kind of things. We're really when we talk about being in the sanctuary, when we talk about being in the facility, most of the time we're trying to create an atmosphere, an atmosphere of safety. An atmosphere of, of worship, uh, you know, an atmosphere of uh, and, and and these two guys they were concerned and and I I don't disagree with them I, I actually think they made a valid point and I think Nate you probably have something to say to this but they were concerned uh, you know sometimes when we black out everything and we do a light show in our sanctuary um, then it becomes this me and Jesus kind of experience and and I know you you like to talk about that so. Yeah, well, I was hoping we were going to get into that because, yeah, when we put our new our new sound lights together, we did we did a whole new set of lights that you know are state of the art kind of stuff. But one of the first couple Sundays, I went in, it was so dark, 
And, and I, I finally just approached people and said, look, I'd like the lights raised because to me, what that says when the reason why we darken it out, there's a couple of reasons in my opinion. The first is to make it like a concert. And to me, worship isn't a concert because the people up there aren't performing. They're leading us in worship. And so we're all singing. We're all we're all gathered. We're the gathered people of God and we're all you know, giving what we have, whether we're a great singer or whether we're not, we're just expressing our love to God through song. And song is one of those ways that, like you said, it kind of just reaches a place that we don't reach just in speaking sometimes. And then the other thing is I want to know when I'm worshiping who's next to me. And, and that blacking out does kind of shut it down to where it's just you and what's going on up front. You don't really see the people next to you. But I believe, as we're called as the people of God, like I want to look around and I want to see Sister Mary over there, you know, <laughs> who's, who's raising her yeah. grandkids. And, and I want to see, you know, Uncle Bob, who has just come to the, the church um, and, and left a life of addiction or whatever. You know, I want to right. be able to see right. the people of God. I want to see the young. I want to see the old. I want to see the, the young adults, the college. I want to see everybody together. And, and while for some people that's that can get distracting there's the other side of it too, where it's like, this is an us thing. You know, I think I retweeted, I think I told you about, you know, Paul uses that word you in like 53 times and one it's plural and once it's singular. So it's like y'all. And I actually say y'all when I read those plurals yeah. out of the Bible. And I have a professor, Dr. Andy Johnson at NTS this semester and he does that, and I didn't even know he did that, but I've, I've been doing it for a while now, and I was like, yes, this guy must be from the South because uh, he throws the y'all in so we can tell the difference between the plural use and the singular. And so for me, that becomes a theological matter about what worship really is. It's all of us, not just me and get my Jesus on. That's another little <laughs> statement that, that kind of, it, sure. I know what people mean, and so I'm not upset about it. But it, it kind of says it's just me and Jesus. And so, yes, I, I was baffled when I went back to school to learn that, you know, when, when the Protestant Reformation happened, that's when you started seeing the pulpit go to the middle of the stage because it was the Word of God and there's a big Bible in the middle. If you go to churches, you see these things. Um, whereas before, the, the message was kind of off to the side and the communion table was in the center because it's the grace of God through the communion. And so even the way we set up our building says something about what we believe about God. If we're on a platform that elevates the speaker above everyone else. Now, sometimes that's good so you can see, but I, when we built our new gym, I stood on this platform that was like six feet tall the first week. And I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I feel like I'm just towering over you people. Like, listen to the voice of the Lord through Nate. You know, it's like, and Right. And so I got down on the gym floor with the rest of the people that were, you know, all the worshipers. And I, to me, that says I'm on the journey with you. So sure, you got plenty of thoughts, too, I'm sure. Oh, well, you know, I mean, we meet in a church gym right now. I mean, a church gym. We meet in a school gymnasium and uh, we set up pipe and drape every week. Um, and and so pipe and drape simply in case people don't know what that is. It's like uh, it's literally poles with curtains hanging on them. Um, and we can create walls and, and segment space so that it's not a small group of people meeting in a great big gymnasium. 
Um, yeah, it's like the tabernacle in the Old Testament, though. You, yeah, it's well, portable, it, and you take it with you, and you're not tied down to a mortgage. And there's a lot of good reasons. There's for a it, lot of good things for it. You know, I don't. I I have to. I, did you carry a different kind of insurance when you do that? Uh, it's not right. It's not nearly yeah. as expensive as owning your building. Um, and you know the the goal there was to keep our budget on a fifty fifty, where we had fifty percent going toward uh, what we were doing there. And fifty percent going out and in, back into the community. Uh, but that also says something about what you believe the church is, right? Sure. Your church isn't a building. No, a church isn't a building. Um, as a matter of fact, sometimes it's hard to see the church because of the building. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the building gets in the way, and uh, and some you know I know some pastors, uh, they are they are plagued with um, with air conditioning problems. They are oh goodness! Needing new yeah. carpets and broken down pews, and everything needs a new paint Preach job. Preach it! And there's Amen. A the roof and glory, yeah. hallelujah! <laughs> I'm getting blessed over here. So, You're speaking my language. Yeah, there's all those kind of things, you know, <laughs> that that you have to worry with when you own a building, and uh, and so, and this isn't a new this isn't a new conversation. This conversation's been it's in the Old Testament. Oh yeah, they're having this conversation way back when. You know, how do we assemble the people? Uh, you know, and there were instructions. You know, as a matter of fact, after that first Sunday when we set up the tabernacle, because you know people get frustrated. Like, Why are we doing this? Can't we just sit in a circle with some chairs and a guitar? And, it's a lot of work, and, isn't it? and yeah, it's a lot of work. And every week, it's you know, it's kind of just a struggle. You know, because somebody's got to get up real early <laughs> and go down there and meet the janitor who's unlocked the door for you. And start unloading the trailer. Somebody's. Somebody's. Yeah, somebody's. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just Ho- one. Hopefully. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's not just <laughs> one person. It's several people. Um, and somebody's got to go get the truck that's attached to the trailer and bring it over there. You know, so it's got its own set of headaches. Uh, and, it, and it also, but there's, and there's that struggle to create that environment, you know, and create that space where people feel safe, you know, because we still, if we're going to, if you're going to have people come and bring their kids and you're going to have some kind of place for a nursery and those kind of things, you got to make sure all of that is secure and that there's a kid check-in and that there's everything that, you know, uh, right. You know, you don't, you don't get to avoid that in a church plant. You have to figure out creative ways to do that. And so, uh, and, and to keep everybody safe and make sure that everybody knows uh, where everything is every week and it and it goes into you know carts that go into a trailer so it's you know building or no building creating space becomes this important thing where people can you know feel free because you know I, I understand the commentary on on darkening the space uh, and sometimes that darkening of the space is just to remove distraction right yeah so how do we remove how do we help people through the distractions um, so that they can receive a word from the Lord, as it were, uh, right? So that they can, yeah. So that they can stop looking at you know uh, the brick and mortar and start looking at the people in the space with them. You know, this is this is. I don't know that this is a new problem. This has kind of a, been around for a while. But how do we how do we help people do that? And I think your building and your space that you meet in has a lot to do with that. Um, right. You know, somebody could argue. Well, why do we even meet? Why aren't we just meeting in homes? Yeah, uh, you know, and and you get that you get that argument, and uh, can and I I could speak to that? Please go ahead. So, you know, I'm much with you. I don't believe the church is a building, 
and then our building burned down. And and that's what I said, <laughs> right? Like right. T- to the reporters uh, who came out and said, you know, this arson at your church. And I said, well, the church isn't a building. But what I have found is that space is important. And, and so whatever that space looks like, there is something special about when the people of God come together. There is something unique that happens and God is is present everywhere, but there is something about us coming together. Uh, you know, we're encouraged in the New Testament not to give it up. And so space is important in that it, it creates a place for us to gather. Yeah. And that's really it. And that God is faithful to meet with us as we gather and that we're also able to see Jesus in one another's face and to share the grace of communion and, and music and hear uh, God speak to us through music and through the word together. And so, um, you know, I was thinking about the old churches and they're so ornate and there's so much money and time. And, and people might say, why did they build those medieval churches so huge and so like expensive? And but all really what it boiled down to is they were creating a space. And in that space, the reason why the ceiling is so high and why it almost these flying buttresses that rise up to heaven is literally so that the music of the people would go up in there and echo around like it's filling the heavens. Mm -hmm. And and so it's like to create that there is a thin line between God's heaven and earth and heaven is crashing into earth. And and so (laughs) we are in the presence of God. And so all this money was spent just to create that kind of environment. And so whether whether or not, you know, we come from a tradition where one of our founders said, hey, don't even paint the building. (laughs) Let's call it the glory barn because we don't need all that for the Holy Spirit to come in on us. He said, let every board cry out to every sinner, come home. Yeah, and and so I get that as well. But I think the idea of space to gather is important. And whether it's in a school building and you're creating it with, you know, um, the drape and the pipe, or, or whether it's a, sure. a building that you have to maintain. You know, hopefully ours will be debt free soon, and that will feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah. So when those air conditioners go out, we might have some money set aside to do that a little more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think for people to say, well, we just don't need it. Let's just meet at home. A home can become a space to meet. There's sure. there's nothing against that. No. But there is a sense of sometimes the larger community gathered. That's why people go to these big, you know, conferences and things. There's something about being with the people of God sure. that is unique and it's oh, special. Yeah. Well, we, we had, you know, we had a building once where the, where it was two story and the youth group met talking about, you know, the heavens filling the heavens with, with sound. Um, the youth group met right above the choir and the kids met in the adjacent room. Uh, across the hall from the from the youth group, and so whenever the youth group was praying, we could hear the kids playing and making noise. Yeah. And whenever yeah. the whenever the youth band fired up, the kids could hear the youth band, and the choir below us could hear the the youth band, so they could hear the drums. And so when and they would oftentimes hear us hear you know if we did something move that took movement, they could hear us shuffling across the floor. Nobody quit coming to church and said, "You know what? I can't hear what's going on." Or, I, you know, there's all that noise. It, it almost made us, even though we were in separate rooms, feel like we were all together. Because sometimes through the floor, while the teens were praying, 
uh, or getting in a quiet moment, we could hear the choir singing through the floor. They could hear us playing our music through the floor. And you know, it just, it, there was something about, we were in that space. Yes, there were walls between us. We had all kind of done our program thing. And we can say what we want about siloed ministries and those sort of things but uh, and, and get into that conversation. But in that building, we were aware of each other. Um, and before we all went to our separate spaces, we had had a meal together. I had a man tell me this week, he said, he said, Pastor, I, you know, I'm, I appreciate that you know we're we're meeting in a school and I understand what's going on here and how we're doing this. He said, but you know people get married and they get married at the church, and and we buried grandma at the church, and you know we had that my 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 son's you know third birthday party at the church. We, right. <laughs> you know this. There's so many things in my life that happened at the church. And community, right. the the center, the community center of my life was the church, and uh, and so that you know buildings, whether they were supposed to be or or not supposed to be, I'm not sure. I can't figure it out. We've been we've been having this conversation for way too long, uh, you know, in, as, <laughs> as human beings, uh, and and so I'm not sure what the right thing is. But we seem to really like a space where we can gather together. So I agree with you in that. Is that um, you know if uh, there, and there used to be a time, you know, where the church was the center of that community, was the center of those right. things. And yeah. most of the time, you know, and, and it was for it was for logistics reasons most of the time because it was the only building that had lights. The only know. building in town with it, a stage and a yeah, lot of seats. had electricity, yeah. you know, so all kinds of things happened there. Um, right. You know, and so, and so then we get into these questions about, you remember, have you ever stood on the altar and gotten scolded for it? You know, oh yeah, yeah. I I sat on the altar yeah, more than on I the stood altar. on it probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and and got in trouble for it. And I just figured my all was in the altar. <laughs> my all on the altar of sacrifice laid. Um, That's right. The praise uh, the Lord. But there was this uh, this kind of sense where we we said we started designating what were the sacred things that would happen in that space and what were the you know what wasn't sacred. But life together is sacred. Yeah, you know? yeah. So this week at our meal, we have a meal every week. We ran out of food, which said to me, we have enough people coming that we under-anticipated. Uh-huh. And yeah. that's a blessing. And you know what was awesome is nobody starved. I mean, we figured it out. They cooked some more food. They figured it out. We took care of each other. Um, but, yeah, I think those sacred places of meeting, um, they they are great for us. And, and whether that happens in a house or a school or whether it happens um, – in a church building, I definitely think space is important. And how we set up a space tells a lot about us, you know. Um, I've seen new church plants that actually put the speaker in the middle and everybody's around them, which we kind of go back to that cross thing where you're looking at other people. But it, the idea is, you know, we're just we're just all kind of in this together. Or seeing sure. people with tables and coffee at the tables yeah. or, or versus like seating like an audience to kind of take away the feel of, there's some kind of performance going on up here, but more discussion is involved. And right. so, yeah, I think definitely space is important. How we set up a space is is great. And it says a lot about what we believe about God. And so, uh, yeah, that's why in my church we keep the lights a little higher. We still have the stage lights, but I want to know who's sitting next to me. Sure. I want to know, know sure. that person. I want to love that person. Um, man, I... Uh, actually, maybe about to lose battery on my phone here, so 
I think we're probably at 30 minutes. It feels like it. I, you got any last parting thoughts about this before we go? Oh, I, when you were talking about that raised ceiling, it reminded me of uh, that first little church that I pastored and, uh, and how once you stepped up onto the raised platform at the front of the building, you were, uh, you were a foot closer to the regular height uh, drop ceiling. So yeah. by the time, uh, by the time, I, I <laughs> like you get on, like a six yeah. foot eight person, and yeah. that's trouble. You couldn't, you couldn't get, you couldn't get anybody near seven foot. I mean, you were right there. It was, it really was. It was about six foot eight, is is how high it was off the off the platform, and uh, and so I'd love to have Nathan in that church. I'd love to see that. Is <laughs> he would bump the the ceiling tiles of the of the false ceiling with it, and. Uh, and sometimes, you know, uh, I actually felt like our, my praise didn't make it past that drop ceiling, uh, and it was it was a hindrance for me. Um, but, and you know, sometimes my response was literally to close my eyes, <laughs> because yeah, cause yeah. it would help. Um, it gave you more space. But uh, but ultimately, the worship that happened in there, uh, while the building played such a role in of inviting people in and and, and it creating warmth and creating space. Um, ultimately, the church is found in the human beings, in the people who come in and want to become a sanctuary fit for the dwelling of the Holy Spirit and then engage with the other sanctuaries in the room um, and, and allow what God is doing in me to be heard and echoed in what God is doing in you. Uh, that's where the church really exists. Yeah, I wrote a paper in if I'm adventurous someday, it might make its way into a book about the church being an icon, uh, that image of, of God, and just talking about how we take on that, the picture for the world of what God looks like, now, whether that's for good or for bad. But as we are bearing the image of Christ, we, uh, we do. We become the sanctuary um, together, and people get to see what God looks like. So. Hey, man, I hope you have a great weekend. And uh, Paula's having a girls' night for the youth at our house. So uh, Pastor Brent and I are going to go out and probably get some wild wings or something like that. (laughs) It'll be fun. I wish I were close enough to join you. I know. Me too. I'll be be rooting for the Rattlers at a stadium in San Antonio tonight. You enjoy those times because I don't have them anymore, and it it makes me sad sometimes. (laughs) So enjoy it. All right. Have a good weekend. Love you, man. Love you. Take care. All right. See ya. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.